Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and they have 18 amazing flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com and try yours. Also use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get $10 off your first order. The Devils are officially back on the ice and we take on the New York Rangers in tonight's matchup. Barring anything catastrophic, please hockey gods, please just let us play this game because I am antsy for a game. And you know what? I think I'm antsy for a crossover. Let's talk to John Chick in today's episode and just discuss... How do the Devils and the Rangers stack up against one another, especially since the Devils hadn't played in a week or two? And also, let's talk about some interesting factoids between the Rangers and the Devils. It's going to be a fun episode today, so buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 6.48 p.m. Eastern Time, February the 15th, 2021 at this recording. And guys, it is officially game day. I have been waiting for two or so weeks to say that the Devils are finally back on the ice and they are going to be taking on the New York Rangers in their first game. And guess what, guys? John Chick is here, and we are about to do a crossover episode. That's right. It's been a long time coming. We knew this day was coming back. We were just saying, when, 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 and it is finally back. I cannot wait to see our boys take the rink once again. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a Devils game ever since uh, they started playing games again uh, about a month ago in January. So let's hope that we can pick up right back where we left off, but I'm going to keep you guys honest since we haven't played in uh two or so weeks and also since uh some teams have been playing a few games ever since uh we took our hiatus i would expect the devils to come out rusty but keep in mind those teams have not had a hiatus and they've been playing you know those games within those two weeks so uh i wouldn't expect the devils to come out guns blazing quite yet in fact, um, you know, in the crossover that I'm about to do with John Chick, I did say that I do expect the Devils to, you know, maybe come out rusty. And if they drop the puck, then I wouldn't be uh, completely surprised. So I got to keep you guys honest. And, you know, this is the first time that I say the Devils might lose this game. So, you know, that I'm just trying to keep you guys honest. So that way you just don't shoot the messenger or whatever the case might be. But anyway, uh, it's back. It's time. And Heijer is still on the COVID protocol list. But according to uh, sources... He's just on the COVID protocol list because, you know, he has COVID procedures that he has to follow, not because uh, he's injured or anything. So according to Lindy Ruff, the head coach, he said that uh, Heizer would, in fact, be playing uh, if he didn't have to go on the COVID protocol list. And also speaking of COVID, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood confirmed in an interview that he did, in fact, have COVID and that's why he was out for so many games. And you know what, guys? Uh, maybe you already knew it, but I said it on my show. I do believe that Blackwood has COVID or was suspicious of having COVID or uh, was close contact with someone with COVID. And you know what? Maybe that was the main domino piece that fell for the Devil's outbreak because, you know, the the everyone has to stay near their goaltender or whatever the case might be. But anyway, uh, Blackwood said that his symptoms were mild, so he just had 
uh, trouble breathing at times, chest pains, a little bit of a cough. So I'm just glad that he's okay and that he made a full recovery. I believe he'll be playing tonight. Uh, like I said, it's 6.54 p.m. Eastern time at the time of this recording. Nothing is confirmed nor denied yet. But anyway, we have a lot to discuss in this episode. But I think I'm going to need some energy before we begin, guys. So you know what I'm going to take? I'm going to take a built Bar. So anyway, let's bring in John Chick. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think it's time for the first live read this morning. Let's talk about built Bar because it seems like you have no idea what built Bar is. Let me tell you something about built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. The improved built bar is even more delicious 18 amazing flavors including nut and non-nut flavors six new flavors caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp oh my gosh this is delicious i've already had a few when i go out to the gym and they are super healthy too you're probably thinking wait a minute these bars are covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew uh, uh 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 sounds like an unhealthy snack that is not true as i stated built bars are healthy built bar is great for the health conscious guy lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat built bars are low in calorie low in sugar high protein high fiber great for a keto diet and you yes you i'm gonna make an offer that you can't refuse go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order use the promo code locked on and get ten dollars off at builtbar.com there we go i repeated it so that way you don't have to rewind it go to builtbar.com and get your built bars right now now football might be over sadly but college basketball and the nhl are in full swing we already have some big matchups on schedule on tabs so bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv surprise surprise i'm not surprised because bet online is that awesome so real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Talent talks about one or more teams. NHL Games of the Week, NBA Players of the Week, whatever comes to mind, they got it. So anything sports, they got you covered, all right? So also visit our good friends at Locked On Bets so that way you can get your predictions up and early so that way you can place your bets and you have no excuse to say, oh, I didn't know what games were going to happen or this that a third also visit at bet online underscore ag and they also have you covered as well so bet online your online sportsbooks experts get with it and get in the action everybody all right i've kept you waiting long enough let's bring in john chick and let's get the puck rolling for this crossover episode so take it away all right welcome back ranger fans and devil fans we got a special crossover episode for you guys today this is john chick with locked on new york rangers joined by trey matthews of locked on new jersey devils Trey, how we doing today, buddy? I'm excited. Devils hockey is finally back. Well, it's funny. That, that was going to be the first thing that I asked you about. You guys have not played hockey in, I believe, about two weeks now, give or take a couple of days. Uh, but how excited are you to, to get this team healthy again and, and see your, your guys back on the ice tomorrow night? January 31st, to be exact, in which we uh, won 5-3 to three against the Sabres. But I'm really excited. Obviously, we have some work to do because, you know, since we've played the least amount of games in the East Division now, um, along with the Sabers, you know, we we fall into bottom tier of the uh, of the conference. So uh, we we got some ground to make up, and um, just hopefully that we could get things done. And what better way to do it than against uh, the Rangers team? Yeah, it's a great rivalry matchup. And uh, you know, are you at all nervous that the team might be a little bit rusty tomorrow night, though? Or do you think maybe you know having a little bit of a break can can help you at times during the course of a hockey season? 
little bit of both, but if they come out yeah. rusty, uh, I'm not going to be surprised because, you know, like I said, we haven't played in like two weeks. We couldn't practice for two weeks. Our, our facility just opened up uh, today. So it's like we just got back to work just recently. And with the amount of people that were on the COVID protocol list, uh, you know, if another outbreak were to happen, I guess the Devils would be immune to it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it sounds like basically the entire team was uh, on the COVID protocol list. And we don't know how many people actually had COVID or how many just were in, in the protocol and just kind of playing it safe. But it looks like you guys might actually be a little bit shorthanded tomorrow. I'm looking at the list here. And, you know, among the more notable players are Travis Zajac and Nico Heatshear. Uh, at all concern, is, is there any timetable as far as when these guys could be back? Or is it all just kind of touch and go right now for you guys? Well, we we haven't played with Heizer all season, and honestly, yeah. I'm a little I'm a little suspicious about um, what's been going on with Heizer because, like I said, uh, he was diagnosed with a lay, lower leg injury um, before training camp began, like in late December, and um, I don't know. I the De- I feel like the Devils uh, aren't telling people everything what's going on with Heizer, and it's kind of concerning because, like I said. I, I said this in my show. If Heizer does not return, despite the long hiatus that the Devils, you know, were granted essentially, then I'll be concerned. In which I am really concerned now, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I mean, you guys need to get him back. He's obviously a big part of, uh, you know, the Devils trying to turn their fortunes around here and once again join uh, the NHL's elite, so to speak. And it's it's funny with uh, hockey injuries. I was joking. I don't remember. It was another crossover episode. I was joking around with somebody that, uh, you know, with hockey these teams are also secretive with injuries and and what the timetable is. And, you know, basically the only two injuries in hockey, if you listen, if you look at the injury report, you get upper body injury or lower body injury, or maybe unfit to play every once in a while. That's basically all we get as hockey fans. That's basically the extent of the information. So I can provide a little information of that uh, coming from a broadcaster. So, uh, you know, we're, we're told specifically by like, you know, our colleagues at our respective television station and also um, uh, by the coaching staff not to cite the specifics of an injury Mm -hmm. because we don't want players like to be targeted going into the next game. So like I remember last year there was a girl on, on uh, the team that I do play by play for, she was out with a concussion and um, you know, we, we were said, do not say you have a concussion when I interview you upper body injury that's all you have to say or you know head injury whatever the case might be but yeah we tried to stay away from specifics because like in hockey we just don't want um anyone to be targeted but at the same time you could give a reasonable time return for the very least you know i don't know yeah i I would agree with that part for sure i mean the rangers i feel like anytime they tell you how long somebody's going to be out like if they say two to four weeks Four weeks is probably like a best case scenario. They always seem to be overly optimistic in their uh, timetable projections. But uh, be that as it may, uh, something I wanted to definitely ask you about. You know, we talked about when you guys originally hired Lindy Ruff and, you know, you were kind of lukewarm to it, probably at best lukewarm to it. Um, have have you yourself and Devils fans in general um, begun to feel any better about the hiring of Lindy Ruff? I realize it's only nine games into the season here, but uh, how's everybody feeling about uh, the, the job that Ruff has done so far as the head coach there for the Devils? Well, we're off to a better start, but like I said, it's way too early to make an assumption because, um, you know, we have to see how he handles, you know, adversity because let's face it, the Devils haven't faced that much adversity. We faced some, but not a whole lot to the point where it's like, okay, we're in the clear, but 
we're off to a way better start than we were last year because last season we dropped like the first what six games. So yeah, um, essentially I, I, we just have to wait until um, the the season progresses. Right now the Devils are headed in the right direction, but here's our first adversity. We had a two week hiatus that we were not prepared for, nor that did we essentially want, but we got it anyway. Now we're in the bottom tier of the league. Can we uh, claw our way back up to the middle part? Or are we just going to stay there? Because, like I said, there was one factor that I missed uh, when I was doing my prediction, and that was COVID. Because I didn't expect the Devils to like miss two weeks. I thought if, if uh, a game were to get postponed, it would be like for a day or two, not not two weeks. Because, like I said, at that point, I was just counting the amount of players that we uh, did have available versus the ones that went off to the COVID list. I'm just like, we are dropping like flies. So, yeah. Um, this is going to be a huge challenge for the Devils because, like I said, um, the, the East Division is a tough division. Uh, teams are starting to settle in. Uh, you know, we see the Bruins are starting to settle in and uh, other teams as well. So it, it could be a little concerning and a little scary if you're the Devils because being in the bottom tier of the league, along with the Sabres, you know, it's just like, um, can we catch up or are we just too far gone? Yeah, it's funny. You know, you look at the standings right now and everything is so jumbled up. And, you know, even the Rangers and Devils and Sabres, the last three teams in the Eastern Division, they're only, a, you know, a matter of points out of the playoffs. But, you know, with the Devils, it, it's kind of hard to tell exactly where they are in the standings just because, you know, you look at it and it says, OK, seventh place. But they've also played for fewer games than, than pretty much everybody. So, I mean, and, and, you know, the Eastern Division in general, we, we've talked about how competitive it's going to be. It's going to be kind of an ongoing theme this season. Are you liking the the way that it's set up this season where teams are only playing uh division opponents and there's a lot of back-to-back matchups are you enjoying this or you'd rather see uh the devils play a bunch of teams from all over the league well i'm conflicted about it because it's yeah. like um it, this is entertaining you you and you know it, it makes it easier for a team like us to get into the playoffs because you're playing the same team night in and night out essentially all right, and something else I want to ask you about, Trey, it's kind of a storyline that always comes up with the Rangers, and I think the Devils are kind of in the same boat here, and that's who's the next captain going to be for each of these teams, and, you know, should they even have a captain right now? Uh, for the Devils, you know, they got a couple of different options. You could go with a veteran like a Zajac or a Palmieri. You could go with a young guy like Wood or maybe Heeshear if, if he gets back. Uh, do you have any uh, preference there or any opinion about who the next Devils captain should be? I say Zajac because uh, this might be his final year in a devil sweater. And he's been with us through thick and thin and thin yeah. and thinner. Um, he's been with this organization his entire career. And um, um, just, just the fact that, um, you know, uh, this could be his final year is really bittersweet. And, um, yeah, I, I just feel as though uh, Zajac deserves the captain role for, for this organization. And, um, yes, been with us since 2006 i think he deserves it quite honestly he's he's seen it all through like i said through thick and thin thin and thinner um i i, I believe it, it goes to zajac because like i said he could be uh uh you know dealt away to seattle in their expansion draft or um whatever the case might be just just uh he could be traded um you know if, if there's a possible suitor so I, in my honest opinion, I think Zajac should be given the captain role. Yes, the Devils are a rebuilding team, and there is some debate because do you give it to someone like Zajac, who's a seasoned veteran, who's seen it all, or do you give it to someone like Nico Heizer, who's young, 
you know, blooming um, and just for the fact that um, the Devils are rebuilding. So why not give it to a young player who's, you know, going to be a part of our future, things of that nature. So, uh, but in my honest opinion, just because it sounds right, I believe it should go to Zajac. Yeah, it's funny, you know, just about everything you said about the Devils there, I could almost copy and paste it and say the same thing about the Rangers because they're in a similar situation where they don't have a captain either. And for a while, it was kind of looking like it was a two-man race. It was either going to be Mika Zibanejad or Chris Kreider, you know, guys who have been there for the longest and would seem to be, uh, you know, among the leaders in the locker room. But, you know, going into this season, once again, with no captain, it's now been three years without a captain. And the longer the Rangers wait, the more it makes you think that they might be looking to slap the C on somebody like Alexi Lafreniere or Ke'Andre Miller, maybe even Adam Fox, you know, one of these younger guys. So uh, very interesting. There's some parallels between the two teams there. And, uh, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough call. Do you give it to the veteran, the guy that's been there the longest and probably deserves it the most? Or do you kind of uh, turn the page and look to the future and, and put it on a young guy? Very interesting. It is very interesting. It's, you know, a conversation that's probably just going to be for the sake of conversation, because I believe if either the Rangers or the Devils wanted to pick a captain or or at least a head captain, they would have done so already. And, um, you know, since since we're in February, we're about a month into the season. I just don't see them just trying to turn anyone into a captain right about now, because I think just with the state they're, um, um, just just with the state of their organization it is in right now, I don't think it's their top priority because, like I said, we dealt away our head captain, uh, Andy Green, last year to the Islanders. So, um, yeah, it's just um, – it, it, it's a lot to take in, and it's just like, is it our top priority or is our top priority just to uh, get better each and every day and just see what happens, so – yeah, I hear you, man. And uh, somebody I wanted to specifically ask you about, who knows, maybe even Jack Hughes is in the mix for captain at some point down the down the road if the Devils decide to wait for a while to name one. But uh, he's obviously playing a lot better for you guys, especially if you just look at the score sheet, you know, three goals and five assists so far this year. So uh, what are you seeing from Jack Hughes and, and how excited are you that he seems to have really taken a big leap in year two here for the Devils? So I literally said in my uh, last episode, my top star of the month of January for the New Jersey Devils is indeed Jack Hughes, just because he's taken that huge leap forward. Uh, He shut all the naysayers, including myself, up because (laughs) I was on the boat saying he really needs to step up. And if he doesn't, I will be really concerned. But no, he got stronger. He looks faster. uh, He looks more comfortable. uh, He looks more aggressive. Uh, he led the team last year in breakaways, so the fact that he's uh, converting his breakaways into uh, scoring opportunities uh, more often than not is a really uh, good sign of, of him just heading in the right direction. And That's the Jack Hughes I wanted, the Jack Hughes who played on Team USA, the Jack Hughes who used his mind, who used his speed, despite being you know uh, short in stature for a center. Uh, the Jack Hughes who uh, just outwitted everyone. That's the one I wanted. That's the one who played on Team USA. So the fact that he's taken this leap forward really shows something about um, his determination, his drive, his effort. And, you know, I I, I see a lot of tweets, uh, John, I'm going to be honest, about Lafreniere and and how, like, uh, what, he doesn't have a goal yet this year? Uh, He has one. He had the uh, overtime winner against Buffalo, but that's it, just the one goal so far this season. All right, so how many games did it take him to get his first goal? Uh, let's see. I believe that was about the seventh or eighth game of the season, something like that. So it did take okay. some time 
Um, and, and yeah, if you look at his stats right now, he just he does still just have that one goal. So it's obviously disappointing. Uh, I'll be honest, did I think Lafreniere would uh, have more goals, more assists, uh, overall just look more dangerous than he has so far this season? Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, uh, I do think, you know, he at times has looked dangerous this season. He's been close to scoring goals on a couple of different occasions. And, you know, his entire season outlook would be different if a couple of those opportunities had, you know, crossed the goal line. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that a lot of us Ranger fans were probably expecting more out of Lafreniere so far this season. Uh, one thing I'd like to see them do with him, and I realize it's easier said than done because right now the Rangers are struggling to score goals, which is something I didn't think I would say this season, but I'd like to see him, uh, be out there on the same line with the same line mates for a couple games in a row, because it seems like they're constantly moving him around. You know, he's on the left wing on the third line, and then he's on the right wing on the second line, and then he's up to the first line, and then back down to the third. It's like, all right, come on, let, let's give him a little bit of continuity. Let's let him build some chemistry with the same two line mates. And I realize, you know, Panarin got hurt not too long ago, so that makes you shuffle everything. And, you know, the Rangers are looking for the right formula now as far as uh, line combinations. They're going to produce goals. But yeah, I, I think Lafreniere, one thing that could help him would be a little bit of consistency with the same line mates, uh, at least a couple of games in a row. I'd, I'd like to see it at least. Well, uh, line uh, pairings definitely do play a factor because um, Jack Hughes' line mates didn't really uh, help him too much last year. So like I know we've been talking about, but like his line pairings of like Miles Wood and Wayne Simmons just didn't really cut it for him. But, you know, you, you bump him up into that top line. And um, he, he did really well. But the one thing I say is, like, you know, you have to be adaptable and you have to, um, you know, work with what you're being given because at the end of the day, you know, you, you can't pick or choose who your lines mates are going to be. And Miles Wood, um, you know, it, it is kind of underrated in my opinion. If he just had a better career plus minus, I believe uh, he would be higher regarded as a good player and not just some um, scrub who gets into fights or whatnot. But yeah, for uh, Rangers fans, I just want to say, don't lose hope on Lafreniere. He's yep. still really young. He still has a lot of potential. Uh, Jack Hughes was in the same situation um, when he was drafted first overall, a lot of hype surrounding him supposed to be the next Patrick Kane due to his stature and weight. But the one thing I have to say is, you know, be patient. Everyone comes into fruition uh, sooner rather than later and yes, Lafreniere, it took him a while to get his first goal. I believe it took Jack Hughes the same amount of time to get his first goal. And, you know, I, I know it's a process, but when you're rebuilding like the Rangers or the Devils, it takes time. Yep. No, I hear you, man. And, uh, you know, the other thing that I would say just to kind of build on that is not everybody can be Alex Ovechkin right away. You know, it'd be great if, uh, you know, for the Devils last year and for the Rangers this year, if uh, Hughes and Lafreniere respectively could have just hit the ground running for these teams and just lit it up right away and, you know, scoring goals every night and stuff in the score sheet. But, you know, that's just not reality. And if you look around the league, uh, there are a lot of players, even some of the guys who are the best players in the league right now who didn't necessarily have the strongest rookie season. So I'm with you, man. I, I think it is a process. Again, did I expect Lafreniere to have more than one goal 13 seasons into his career? Yes, I did. But I think it's coming. Um, he's looked dangerous at times. And I, like I said, I, I think the continuity playing with the right line means line mates would definitely help him out a little bit. Um, and, and somebody else, speaking of rookies, somebody that I got to ask you about for the Devils, uh, Ty Smith has been absolutely killing it for you guys this season. And I'll be honest, I had barely even heard of him, but I know he was another uh, first-round draft pick of the Devils. So, I mean, he's got two goals and six assists, you know, from the blue line this season. What have you seen from him so far, and how excited are you for him going forward? Ty Smith is uh, someone I love near and dear. Uh, the 17th <laughs> overall draft pick back in 2018, um, 
Ty Smith was just a huge surprise, even on my end as well. I didn't expect him to be, you know, sort of like the X factor of January. Like uh, I told you, I did my stars of January. Uh, he was the uh, third star for the New Jersey Devils, in my opinion, because of just what he was able to do. So in his first five games, he put up one point. And you know what? Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, but um, the only rookie to put up uh, a point uh, in, in about six games, because he was going for this player to try to break the record. So Ty Smith is a defensive man. So um, he, he was going for Merrick Zalicki's uh, six-game record as a defensive man to put up a point in his first uh, six games. So uh, obviously uh, he wasn't able to do so. So he's just going to have to settle for second. And um, he, but the one thing is, he is the first uh, defensive man in Devils history to have a point in his first five NHL games. So, uh, and that's saying a lot because look at look at the history of the Devils defensive unit. Um, you know, from Stevens to Niedermeyer, um, you know, just all those guys. And you know, there's a reason why we have five retired numbers. Three of them are defensemen and one of them is a goalie and the other is a forward. It's because the Devils are known for their defensive history. So the fact that Ty Smith can say he is the first defenseman to do something that not all those defensemen have done ever in their careers really says something. And I think Ty Smith, uh, if he continues to do what he does and if the Devils finish in a respectable position, because since the Devils are a small market team, uh, you know, they're not going to get as much love. They're not going to get as much attention. So the Devils really need to um, either make the playoffs or get really close to and make some sort of noise. So that way Ty Smith can get the attention because I believe the Devils were on uh, the schedule to only have one nationally televised game. That was against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But obviously that game had to uh, get push back, I believe. Uh, so I don't think they're going to be on NBC um, anytime this year unless they make the playoffs. But um, just just the fact that Ty Smith is really um, putting himself in the history books already, just, just this young and uh, just this effective, I don't know. Maybe he could win the Calder Memorial Trophy if uh, all goes correct and if he stays consistent. It's crazy how many parallels there are between the Rangers and Devils because, listen, you talk about Ty Smith. I can't help but think of uh, Ke'Andre Miller for the Rangers because he's been off to a great start for them this season as well. I think both Smith, I mean, from what you just told me, and also Miller for the Rangers, uh, both overachieving so far this season, both possibly going to have uh, be in the mix for the Calder Trophy. Uh, Ke'Andre Miller, it's funny, you know, he was not even really expected to make the team, but he just had a really strong training camp, brief though training camp may have been, and he got a chance, and he's taken the bull by the horns and just run with it. And he's somebody who I think could be in the mix for Rookie of the Year. He's very sound in his own end, and he's starting to contribute a little bit offensively as well. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, the Rangers pretty much only had him out there for 5v5 hockey. I think they just wanted to kind of have him concentrate on that and not have his head spinning or anything like that. Uh, but now, you know, he's starting to get time on the penalty kill, and they were even mixing him in there on the power play a little bit as well. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy, man. Ty Smith and uh, Ke'Andre Miller both uh, staking their claim early in the season for possibly being in the mix for rookie of the year. Okay. I got to ask this because you just mentioned uh, Keandre Miller, what happened? And you, I can't um, mention Miller and not bring this up. What happened with D'Angelo? Like, uh, can you just paint a picture of what happened in the locker room or what led up to that? Cause I just want to know more. I'm really curious. 
Yeah. So, I mean, with D'Angelo, obviously he's a little bit of a lightning rod. He gets some attention sometimes for not always the good reasons. Uh, but basically what happened was Keandre Miller, there was a rumor that when Miller scored his first goal this season, Tony D'Angelo was keeping the puck away from him for some reason. And and that rumor has uh, since been debunked by Miller himself and also uh, Miller's camp. But basically uh, Miller, you know, he gets a pass at the blue line, he takes a shot and he scores. And Tony D'Angelo just happened to be on the ice. And I saw him, uh, you know, fish the puck out of the net. And, you know, he went over and congratulated Miller like everybody else did. And I assumed that he was going to give him the puck. And I don't know if he ever did, but I don't know that I ever really bought into that rumor that he was deliberately keeping the puck away from Miller. Because, I mean, that's not going to fly in the locker room. You're, you're going to annoy your entire your entire team. They're, they're going to turn against you if you pull some kind of move like that. So, uh, yeah, with... D'Angelo, man, I mean, we could talk about him all day and everything that happened in a short period of time with the Rangers this season, but I don't think that that ever actually happened where he was keeping the puck away from Miller, at least if you go by, um, you know, everybody's account of the story, you know, Keandre Miller, to his knowledge, uh, the puck is in possession of the uh, Ranger training staff. So, uh, yeah, sounds like he'll be getting his puck uh, when the time is appropriate and that Tony never actually kept it away from him. Okay, because I was just curious because I saw like um, five different stories uh, yeah. of, of what was going on. Yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, while we're talking about D'Angelo, again, you know, we do a bunch of these crossover episodes. I know you've done a couple of some other hosts. I've done a couple of some other hosts. Um, a question that I've been asking everybody that I've talked to ever since this Tony D'Angelo debacle went down this season is would you, under any circumstances, take a chance on Tony D'Angelo on your team? So, Trey, I'll, I'll pose you the same question. If there's uh, a possibility of the Devils picking up Tony D'Angelo in one way or another. Is that something you would consider or you don't want this guy coming anywhere near your locker room? Uh, let's see. Let me think about this. So <laughs> I, I, um, I posed the same question to my, to my fans uh, asking him, would you want to see uh, Lindy Ruff take a chance at Pierre Luc Dubois? You know, cause it was right. possible because yep. we had uh, enough salary cap space to, you know, make that trade happen realistically hypothetically um the one thing is is that uh, oh geez um there's a lot to consider here i I hear there is a whole lot to consider because the one thing i always say about personality is that it can be changed way quicker versus if you weren't a good player yeah um because you know everyone has a little bit of diva in them like you know every you know, decent enough player, it can act like a diva from time to time. That's what I was telling people about Pierre-Luc Dubois, because if you think about it, you know, take away the personality, he's actually a really good player. So uh, he would need to be set straight. So, yeah. Um, let's see, 2019, 2020, 15 goals, 38 assists. That's really good. I believe, I, I believe the Devils could have used someone like him because, you know, we can use like we can always use an extra goal getter. Um, I'd say sure, but I need can can I send him to like you know counseling or something or like a sensitivity <laughs> training program or just just something to set him straight before he signs with my team? Yeah, I, I think a hundred percent you can do that, and maybe uh, Lindy Ruff can knock some sense into him too because I mean he obviously coached him for a couple of seasons in New York, but uh, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, it's kind of been like, that's kind of the reaction I've gotten from the other lockdown hosts when I've brought on uh, this this topic of maybe taking on Tony D'Angelo. Kind of, uh, you know, on the fence about it. I, I feel like, though, with, with him, maybe the best place to go is like a veteran 
uh, locker room just because, you know, if he goes into a team like, I mean, I have the standings in front of me here. If he goes to like the Bruins or the Penguins, one of these teams with a lot of veterans and, uh, you know, kind of a winning culture already established, I think he's going to find out really fast that like, all right, listen, man, we're not going to take any of your crap here. You mess up, you're gone. Fall in line, play hockey, keep your head on straight, keep your mouth shut. And, you know, teams like the Rangers and Devils, they're both young. They're kind of trying to, you know, establish a team identity, establish a winning culture. So I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's just so bizarre that, you know, D'Angelo goes from being fourth in the league in points by a defenseman last season to being waived and going unclaimed on, on waivers just six years into his new contract. It really is hard to believe. Yeah, it is. And um, I think you hit the nail on the head. If the Devils were in a winning position, which they're not, they're in a decent position, then um, uh, maybe you take the chance because, you know, you need all the help you can get. But at the same time, it's just like I don't want that distraction um, in the locker room, especially when uh, the Devils have had a history, including like um, uh, Taylor Hall what, got into it with his teammates from reports I heard. Um, there just there's just too many factors that fall into place. But you're right. Uh, I did forget to mention Lindy Ruff was indeed uh, D'Angelo's uh, defensive coach last season. So. Maybe that could help. Maybe a change of scenery can help. But, you know, um, it's just hard to say. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how that situation plays out. And uh, something else I wanted to ask you about, you know, um, I know it's only nine games into the season for the Devils, but they've struggled quite a bit on both the power play and the penalty kill. Uh, are you at all concerned about how the Devils have played in those areas, or do you think they're, yes. they'll get better as the season yes. goes on? You, you are concerned. Okay. Greatly concerned <laughs> because there have been too many times where they could have won the game, but with a bad penalty kill, they just shot themselves in the foot. Uh, good example comes from, I think, a Flyers game in which they were you know, playing excellent defense, but once they uh, let the Flyers go into the power play, they looked very vulnerable. And... Yeah. Um, uh, I guess against uh, the Rangers too, I believe, or yeah, against the Rangers, uh, we could we we could have put the hammer down on you guys even more. But the fact is, we let up two power play goals. So even though we ended up winning the game, we still gave you guys a chance. We still gave you guys life. Like we couldn't get the dagger to to your heart. So it was just like, come on, why are you letting them uh, fight? Like pin them. Like, yeah, you know, no, I hear you. Why are you letting this go to the 10th round? You have your opportunity to just, you know, throw a big haymaker and knock them down, but instead you're letting them remain in the fight and tiring you out. And now at that point, it's like you're you're actually risking hurting yourself. Yeah, it's crazy with the Ranger power play, too, because they've really struggled as well. Um, and I looked this up today. I wanted to see where the Rangers and Devils both rank in, in these statistics. And the Rangers and Devils are both, 11.5% success rate on the power play, which obviously is not good, tied for 27th in hockey. Uh, with the Ranger power play, though, I mean, I feel like at a certain point, like, there's enough snipers on this team, there's enough playmakers, like, sooner or later, it has to break through. And you look at the roster and the way it's currently constructed, it's basically the entire team that was on, it's basically the entire team from last season that's still there this season. And last year, they had the seventh-ranked power play in the league, so... I don't know, man. Maybe uh, maybe playing the Devils who have struggled on the penalty kill, uh, maybe that will cure what ails the Rangers uh, during this game on Tuesday night. We'll see what happens, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'll give you my prediction. I'm yeah. actually going to give my favor into the Rangers because the Rangers have 
more playing experience for the time being. The Devils might be a little rusty. Um, so uh, if the Rangers end up winning this game and the Devils just completely uh, drop the puck, then you know, I wouldn't be surprised, quite honestly. Yeah, I think that uh, the Rangers are probably going to end up getting the win here. I just feel like overall this season, the Rangers have been really strong in the first period. I think that's been their first period. They tend to hit the ground running and play well right out of the starting blocks. And when you're going up against a team that hasn't played hockey in two weeks, I think that probably is a good recipe for the Rangers. So, uh, And plus, you know, Igor Shesterkin has really been good lately. He's only allowed uh, eight goals in his past... No, wait. Uh, eight goals in his past five games. I was going to say eight goals in his past 10 games, but that's not true. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, this kind of lines up for a Ranger win. I could see the Rangers maybe taking a, a nice lead in the first period, maybe two nothing and, and then going on to win four to one or something like that. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, man. I think it's going to be a lot of fun either way. And, uh, for the Rangers sake, let's just hope Mackenzie Blackwood doesn't stand on his head again. Uh, well, Mackenzie Blackwood has some vengeance to prove. He's only played in three games this season. Uh, yeah. obviously, uh, it was confirmed by Corey from the Athletic that he was positive for the for COVID, and uh, he did face some symptoms, including trouble uh, breathing. So, uh, you know, Mackenzie Blackwood it, it wants to come out saying, "Listen, I I need to win the Vesna Trophy this year." So, expect an angry Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. And uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about Trey, and I, I we talked about this a little bit before we started recording here, but. Uh, first of all, big congratulations. You recently won a uh, podcast of the week uh, at Locked On for your interview with Curtis Gabriel. Uh, what can you tell us about that episode? And, you know, how can uh, if there's Ranger fans listening, how can they uh, go find that episode? Uh, Curtis Gabriel, just a great guy, really humble, uh, just a great guy to talk to. We actually had a heartful conversation before we um, uh, hit record because I was going through a difficult time of just being uh, a minority in hockey and how I was enduring it. And, you know, he listened and uh, gave me great advice and just, um, you know, so it the, the interview, everything I ask him is just heartfelt, especially in a sport like hockey where we're just trying to change the stereotypes of how it's viewed. And um, uh, you can find it um, in the, title of it is called uh talking devil's hockey and bigger than hockey impacts with curtis gabriel um or you can just type in curtis gabriel um on, on like apple Podcasts or spotify and it will come up uh locked on devils so give that a listen it was a really great conversation and like i said just a great guy overall and big congrats to him he's uh now on the nhl roster for the san jose sharks uh I believe he played in his uh, first game just a couple days ago. He got like seven minutes of action on the ice. So uh, big congrats to Curtis, and hopefully he can uh, just find his niche in the uh, NHL because he is an enforcer. Like he's a great guy off the rink, but on the rink, uh, he'll, he will fight you in a heartbeat. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Again, congratulations. It sounds like a great interview. And uh, any Ranger fans we have listening, I strongly encourage you to uh, go ahead and uh, check out that episode. But uh Trey, this was a ton of fun, as always, man. It's always a good time talking some hockey. And, uh, hey, man, enjoy the game tomorrow night because this is uh, your first time watching Devil's Hockey in quite some time. And uh, thanks for doing this episode as well. I'm used to it since, uh, remember, like I had to do like 100 or so episodes uh, when <laughs> the Devils did have hockey. But, yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. And not saying go Rangers or anything, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out with the win. 
Yeah, I hear you. All right, so Ranger fans and Devil fans, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. Always fun to do crossovers. The honor is always mine. Okay, everybody, it is game day, and hopefully the New Jersey Devils can just come out with a statement victory after missing a couple weeks of no action. So watch the game. Go Devils. That's all I have to say for you guys. Hopefully nothing gets postponed. Don't shoot the messenger if that does happen. I don't want to jinx anything. But anyway, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Thanks for listening. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils once again.